Let's get ready to throw down. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, today, we are talking about uh, how important it is. To, or isn't. Or isn't, in, in some cases. Uh, how much connection do you need to the product you're selling? You know, do you need to be passionate about it? Do you need to see value in it? Or, or, you know, are you like the Merc, you know, the mercenary that you can come in and just sell anything as long as like there's good money behind it. Um, and the reason for this is because I am very much in the camp of, I think that I could kind of sell anything at this point, but there's a lot of stuff that I see no value in trying to sell, right? Like roofing, right? If I just wanted lots of money, I'd probably just go sell roofing, but man, I can't think of anything more boring, right? Not to say that, guys who do roofing are bad or, you know, whatever. Well, it's a necessity. I, I mean, you got to have a roof over your head, right? Sure, and it right? shouldn't leak. And if it does, you got to get it fixed. Zero interest in roofing. Like, like I wouldn't even be motivated to go have conversations about it. But, but what if it made you millions of dollars every year? No. Still nothing? Still nothing. The cash oh. flow wouldn't bother you? That's no. wild. That doesn't play a factor at all? I mean, money, I mean, Money's a bit of a motivator, but it's not like the end all motivator because if it was, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be going, I'd be selling something else. So would you rather struggle with something that you are super passionate about? Cause this speaks to our personalities. A lot. Yeah. Would you rather struggle on a day to day selling that thing that just you love mm -hmm. or go have the guaranteed money? Cause I'm the guaranteed money guy. I'll go mm -hmm. sell something. Because I want, I need the revenue because I'm working to get revenue. Not, not because I get, I get bored. Okay, right. and I can I see your point, right? I need to learn something new, right? But uh, you also have to realize there's no perfect product, right? Everything oh, has yeah. a particular fit, and even sometimes in a particular fit, it can get wanky or or turn itself upside down. Like in our industry, the first, when somebody brings a new product through the door and says, "Hey, do you think your docs or the people you influence would be interested in this?" Mm -hmm. I go, I I get the gist of what they're they're telling me about the product and what it solves the problem. But the first thing I ask is, if this is going to screw up, how does that happen? Yeah. Because there's the value in knowing the limitations of what your product is, knowing the audience that it addresses, yeah. and then you make the decisions on the money, and on, yeah, in my opinion. So I look at it from probably both avenues. Yeah. And I think there's a – so a guy has always told me, a guy that taught me pretty much everything I know in this business, he always says if you're – Truly love what you do and you're passionate about it. You'll never work a day in your life, right? I that's agree with his. That. That's his theory. Yeah, I told you right. that. <laughs> good. That's a good one. That was good. He just good slipped that right in there. Singer. <laughs> but uh, you know, he he he's always told me that, and I and that's one of the things that I probably don't agree with him on is because the things I'm passionate about, I go to work to get the revenue to do those things outside of work. So yeah. I, I separate a little bit. It's mm -hmm. all about how you're mm -hmm. motivated and how you're wired. Yeah. I think, you know, and, and I watch him, you know, I've watched him over the years in his business. Um, and he truly is what he says, you know, he's passionate about it. He loves it. And whether he made a million dollars and now he always says there's a cost of living, right? I've got to cover that yeah. need. And when I cover that need, Hey, if I can do that while I'm in the business that I love, mm -hmm. that that's true. You know, like that's true. where you should that's be. Good. Sure. If if uh, if money was not a factor and you could sell anything, right? Like like the money was going to be the same. What what would you sell? Oh, man, good question. I would. Uh, yeah, I know where I. I would do something like on the beach or something, yeah. it, you know, from a yeah. money standpoint, I would then start looking Surf at boards. environment. What? Surfboards? Yeah. Something Anything like that. that would put me into Fish, the environment that really feels good to me, right? Mm -hmm. Which is being able to wear shorts or go casual. 
uh, you know, being where the waves are rolling <laughs> the in. Guy, the guy who wears scrubs almost every day is, mm-hmm. you know, concerned about, his, yeah, about, about his, his uniform mm-hmm. isn't comfortable enough. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, but I'm, wanna, I'm thinking. I want to cut this, the pants off at the knee. I do. <laughs> Oh, on the scrub, scrub oh, shorts. Yeah, those are fun, man. Because you wear them around the house yeah. and gardening and those kind of things. I mean, I, I, I've answered this in my, in, in my own head that question a bunch of times. Not so much on the selling, but if I could do anything and money wasn't a thing, yeah. I, I'd fish for a living offshore. Like I'd do charters. Mm-hmm. You know? oh. mm-hmm. and, and I've always said that in my own head, like that's the one thing that always is a reoccurring passion of mine. And you can make a living out of it. And, and oh, the, I know sure. a guy who does it actually, I do in Florida. Yeah. I, I, sure. well, that, I grew up with that yeah. brings a, I'm, I'm 56. And so I'm thinking, okay, it's I'm hoping to be done here in the next, you know, yeah. five years or so. So I'm, I'm looking at, I don't want to be completely done, but I want to back away from where I'm at and looking at Costa Rica or some of these third, where, what can I sink some money have a, cause I like the interest of business, right. Yeah. And tinkering with business and, and, you know, there's where I'm taking my interests. Not that I don't like what I'm doing. It's yeah. just labor intensive, a lot of hours that I don't want to put in. So there are other reasons I like sure. it, but it comes at a cost and it's usually a time because now time is more important than money yeah. is to me. So Nan, I'm, I'm curious for you as the yes, like how important is it that you uh, are interested? You see value in the thing that you're selling, right? Cause well, you've been in healthcare for a very long time, right? Like, like do you ever get, like antsy about like, Hey, maybe I should be selling something else or in another industry or anything else. Or do oh, you funny still- that you said that right now I'm taking, uh, I'm getting my insurance. I want to become an insurance agent, a realtor. I just want to, um, so I'm started the process only oh. to broad, you know, if something fails, then I want to have something to go back on. Um, and I'm not crazy about insurance, but I, I can see even in my job currently how insurance knowledge is very important. So I, I don't want to ever do something that isn't advantageous to others. I, you know, of course, mm-hmm. that's the SME, I guess. But um, I think knowledge, stretching yourself is really important. I don't, something you said, I just think it's really important not to just be, you know, like the roofing thing. That is completely surprising to me that you would have that opinion. But I mean, you're just, everyone's different. I just think it's weird that you, I don't think you're weird. I just think it's, I think it's weird to go, oh, I would never, ever be able to do that. And I'm thinking, I, I think I could do anything if someone, if it's not to someone's demise, of course, you know. Like I, I could sell roofing, right. And probably be successful. I just have no interest in doing it. And, and if I think about something and I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't see any value. I don't see any differentiation. I don't right. see any of these things that like get me excited about the things that I work on. So if I don't see that in like an industry, I don't see, I, I don't want to be there and money's not going to be the, the lever that makes me make a move into something. Yeah. Yeah. Money is definitely money. not a lever for me. Well, but then you also sit in just your personality type to be more probably uh, more into processes versus tangible items, right? Yeah. Where you're, you're, you're maybe more into tangible items because you build things, mm-hmm. right? So construction is take this, put yeah. it here. What does that look like? And you're like, what's your process and how could I consult or be part of a, the solution? Cause you're kind of befuddled there. And we sit kind of in, in a little bit of the middle yeah. because we sell our time, which is the value of our knowledge in diagnosing a particular patient and then putting them on the right path to recovery. Mm-hmm. Or we sell the products that go into that recovery, whether it be spine surgery or, um, 
you know, some of the other things, tissues and, and things, that w- accoutrements for, for those processes. You know, and one of, the, one of the things you said is you didn't want to be, uh, be bored, mm-hmm. and that is so true. The first thing I sold was cough syrup, and if that was the only thing I sold, I, I couldn't do it. I cannot stand to be bored. So I think, you know, pushing yourself, tweaking who you are, making something more exciting by improving your brain, basically. It's kind of interesting because me and you kind of have a personal correlation here of you do stuff for, you know, for the greater good of humanity. Right. I know. And and I also kind of think that way mm-hmm. with, with like building construction, especially like, I, you know, I built a cement plant so that they can, you know, produce cement to make the roads. Right. And here's the, here's the difference between me and you as a S to a D, I think is like you're passionate. You want to be involved and you'll never want the glory just. The, to know that they were taken care of. Whereas it's like when I built something, it's like, yeah, there you go. It's all for you, buddy. Like I, I did this. Just remember when you walk up these stairs every day, I built this for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but ultimately, little, when, since it's satisfied, different, different satisfactions yeah. from different, yeah. you know, uh, uh, different outcomes <clears throat> but ultimately, of the same product, right? Or yeah. the same, same yeah. endeavor. Yeah. But when I you think, help people period in the long run, you've, you, that what you get from that is great. Sure. When you see someone thriving, you're like, cool. That's so cool. No, I love that as well. I, I think I, I just lead more towards like service-based businesses because mm-hmm. I think there's more room to like help and build relationships. If I was just selling widgets and it was like the same widget and like everything was the same, I would be bored to tears yeah, like, no, like sure. so quick because the thing that I like to do is because there's some newness about working with a new client, right? And they've got their own unique things and I get to get in there and figure that stuff out and I can be of help. Right. If I was just selling like a prepackaged thing off the shelf that was supposed to fit everybody, you know, I, I think I would lose uh, my, yeah, that would be horrible. my mm-hmm. momentum. Well, and I, that also brings another thought you, you, you referenced roofing. And so you go back to your customer, you know, the homeowner or whoever, and you go, wow, what a roof. And they go, Hmm, looks just like the one across the street. Yeah, exactly, right? yeah. I mean, how do you discern achievement? It doesn't leak, mm-hmm. but I've had roofs replaced, and I'm like, a little messy, glad I'm not up on the ladder, yeah. hot outside, all those those things, and I'm appreciative of the people doing it. But once it's on, I either like the color or I might have missed the color. I've done that on a roof before, you know, mm-hmm. changed the dynamic, and I'm like, I wish I hadn't done that, but I got yeah. the picket. So my level of satisfaction passes really quickly. Yeah. Right? I agree with that. Ver- versus say somebody paints something for me, right? Mm-hmm. Or I see, and I walk in, I'm like, wow, man, I really love that painting. Eh, a little different maybe. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. if you can if you can show where you, like you, build this building and it's unique, it's different, and you're, cause I, so you see what I'm saying? A little but, more artistry but, than maybe just laying down roofing. But like the novelty of, of anything wears off, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure whenever you guys complete a project, you know, you guys are ramped up and the, and the client is ramped up and then, you know, six months later, it's like, oh, okay, cool. This is just HQ. Uh, agreed. And, and at the same time, like my personality swings to seeing all the bad of that project the entire time, every time oh, yeah. I drive by it. So I never see oh, the success. Really? Yeah. Wow. Huh. That's, that's interesting. Well, he's task oriented. Right? But do you so think that, for- that makes you push harder for perfection no. or closer to a better product? Absolutely. And then the next time it's like, well, we did this, you know, where some people are like, Hey, you know, like, uh, for example, my sales team is, uh, you know, filled with eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're always like, look, we've built 50 of these, you know, 40 story buildings in the, in the past 20 years. And look, these are awesome buildings. Check out the pictures of this building. Check out this. And I'm like, well, that pipe's crooked. Uh, I can see the framing of the wall. You should have done this better. Mm-hmm. Like I see all the the negative sides of it, mm-hmm. but 
they're they're both necessary. Both outlooks are necessary, yeah. right? For, the, for to, the next one. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you do need to stay positive that we can do this, but we can do this better. I'm always mm-hmm. in that in mm-hmm. that realm. I have, a, I have a question for you. How, how much of that is because you're like a like a maker yourself, right? You know, like mm-hmm. you know, you be, you're a woodworker and everything else. So do you think that you're more critical in those instances? Probably. Because I think I Especially think that some of these can, could be like, yep, I built that building and it's awesome because I I was part of it. Yeah, let's move on to the next one. And well, they don't sweat those details like you do. To the point of you know, roofing. Once again, it's weird that we got on roofing, but you know, you build this building and roofing is kind of like the last one percent of the whole project. That mm-hmm. you know, if it's it's either good or it's not. It either leaks or it doesn't, right? But it's necessary to make that a successful project. Sure. So when I'm walking on a roof, I look at it like, look, this is not what I do. I'm not interested in it. But hey, nice job, guys. Thanks. Now get the hell off my roof so I can so I can do some real real construction in my head. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, so you're you there's a there's a snobbery in uh, construction? Sure, absolutely. Okay, so oh, who's trade the, to trade. Who's the highest on the on the on the food, on the food chain? Oh, pipe fitters. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, Clint, the pipe fitter, because that's where you started, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why you think that. Yeah. So is uh, that a true or is that just your bias? It's true. <laughs> yeah, I, we're getting nowhere. Go ahead, John. You were getting nowhere. Like any other answer other than that, you were. Well, I was an electrician when I was in the Navy, and oh, I kind of feel like that's the higher end of the thinking man who's in construction. Oh, God, plug the wire in, Jesus! It's <laughs> that is that is. Ve- it's red. Black, white, white, or green. green. <laughs> exactly. That's why, I was, that's why I was an electrician. So I'm thinking it really must be the foundation. Because if you have a jacked up foundation, the whole thing's Hey, I got a lot of respect for those guys. Uh, the civil guys, absolutely. The things they can do, these roadways that they build yeah. out here. Yeah. To, to go through these, um, you know, like where I grew up in the Midwest, the cloverleaf style mm-hmm. interchanges. Mm-hmm. And then to see what they've done. In DFW or Houston, yeah. Yeah, with the with the forty two bridges, yeah. cutting it's in. crazy. I mean, that is absolutely an awesome flow yeah. of traffic, and 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 the way they can build those, it's crazy to me, right? So, yeah, there's a but there is a huge like because everybody's passionate about what they do in construction. Mm-hmm. You have that, you know. I think I'm better, and but you just put, you know, it's a yeah. whole competition. You push each other. Well, it's it's just you know we got an army guy, a navy guy, and a marine guy, right? Yeah. And you know, depending upon. When you talk to us, we probably had a little bit of ego around our branch of service, right? No, not me, never. Yeah, no, no. Definitely. So, you know, I, I like the Marines, though, the, that I was around, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> the utility of, you know. God bless our Marines. They're, oh they're like one-dimensional run with scissors kind of attitude. I've got this, right? So, so, so we have a listener right now that is about to accept a job selling widgets. How would you like to help them uh, be I inspired? Mean, I think you got to figure out where, where your motivators are, right? Like, like what's going to motivate you to get up and go do the hard shit that's part of sales, right? Because, you know, you got, you're going to get bad days, right? They're going to, they're, they're going to happen. And if you're waiting for motivation to like, you know, make you go do that hard stuff, you're never going to get there, right? It's like when you're, when you're waiting to feel like going to the gym, like, unless you already have a habit that's built and everything else, like you just never go, right? So, uh, habits. you always think about it though. Well, <laughs> Right. Yeah. I just think that that, One day I'm going to the I think that that <laughs> motivation could be different things, right? If you're money motivated and you're going to make a lot of money, awesome, that's great. If you're, you know, uh, a refinement person and you get to go learn something new, then mm. and that gets you jazzed up, awesome. You know, how do you keep learning so that way you don't have to keep job hopping, you know? I mean, I've had lots of jobs and we've talked about this I think in the past. But, you know, I think that all of that kind of leads me to here, but now that 
I'm doing this thing and every client's a little bit different. I have that newness all the time, so I don't ever really get bored. But there's a nice key component to, to what we do in sales. It's universal, right? That everybody needs some kind of, we're, we're primarily, whether you're in healthcare, whether you're in construction, IT, process oriented, if you can sell through a process, then you can pick and choose whether you want to be in real estate and work really hard on the weekends yeah, so and have the start. week free. Right. So you can build the lifestyle that you want to, to live. And if you say, hey, I really don't want to work super hard at fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year because all my major assets have been acquired, you know, I'm in the twilight of my years, use the skill set that you have and then pick the lifestyle that you want to live. That, that's the best of both worlds, in my opinion. Do you think that uh – this is slightly off topic, but I'm curious. Do you think that turning your passion into a business is a bad idea? Yes, it can be. I, yeah, I think. It and there's be a well. real good book out there. It's called The E Myth. Because right, mm -hmm. why do yeah, people want to become mm -hmm. entrepreneurs? A quick read, and, and and it really is insightful for the guy who's in in this example yeah. making birdhouses. He's real good at making birdhouses, but then he wants a business, and he realizes he's now got to be a businessman, not a birdhouse maker, yeah. which is where his passion is. So. Yeah. Be careful what you want and aspire to because you can get to the end of the road. You've put a lot of time, money, and effort, and it's just not satisfying. Yeah. yeah. I feel like everybody that I know that's ever tried to start a business around a passion it always has ended up in ult ultimate failure because yeah. now you don't have your passion more because it comes work. Right. And then if it fails, now you hate your own passion yeah. and, and, and you're lost. Right? And you usually sink your teeth in so hard yeah. it's because it's passion. You go you down with it. the ship yeah. instead of saying, I'm, I'm and, declaring bankruptcy. And, I'm getting rid of this. Say, and, you, and you probably drag a lot of people with you. It's not just you. Well, or involved, you have to have right? some hard conversations. Hey, I didn't get this done. And it's your, your, your yeah. somebody you know that yeah. came on board because they felt your passion, but you just didn't manage appropriately. Mm -hmm. And then you ran out of money. And again, banks only like you when you have money. Yeah, that's bitches. True. <laughs> and, and, you know, for me, that was woodworking, right? Because I, I've gotten to a point where I could say I could do this full time and make money at it, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm at that point where this either needs to be a full-time hobby where I'm making this work or I need to dump this hobby to focus on the stuff that actually gives me income in my life, right? Mm -hmm. And I've always been asked, why, why wouldn't you seem like a guy that would just go start a business? I've always you know, yeah. the guy that we all know has always said that to me, like, I can't believe that you work for people. Like, but I, I'm not, I don't like that thought of turning in what I, I love into work. Okay. And you just brought up an interesting point because there are people that I know, and, and I've, I've contemplated this, that had their own business, had a level of success, but also look back and say, I could have been one of the great moguls. I'm yes. that yeah. good at it. I have a cousin who's sold a number of business. Now he does consulting. And his biggest issue is he didn't go the pedigree route of getting nabbed out of college with an MBA, getting thrown into the environment of climbing that corporate ladder like you're doing, mm -hmm. and then VP. And like you said, I'm not a president, but you're only in your 30s, man. Wow. Where are you going to be at 60? You know, you're going to be <laughs> in the bomb with Jet airplanes at your disposal. Retired. And <laughs> I like that idea too. But you know what I'm saying. Fishing. You know, in a however further that you go, it only gets better for you and more enriching, right? Yeah. The rung above you has got to be pretty damn sweet because I know the rung you're on is pretty sweet. Yeah, you know, and I, and I look at it too. There's probably a level where I'd be um, satisfied at to not go any further because then it, it truly becomes a an, an additional stressor mm -hmm. 
or or sometimes you even make less, right? You take on a role that you make less at, yeah. but it's more responsibility. It's like that first step in management. Mm -hmm. Well, know? and then right. you also balance. You have three kids; they're still fairly small, yeah. right? What does it look like when they're in their teenage years, and then they leave the? So there's a bigger dynamic here because job fits with family, mm -hmm. and family fits with job. So you're you're doing this balancing act, and at a certain point, again it should shift that it's not so money motivated as yeah. it is time and quality of life motivated. It's true. Cause Absolutely. to that point, right. Is like a, a rung above me would be um, best case scenario for me, you know, in my company, but then uh, the rung above that probably making way more money at that, at that point, mm -hmm. but you're probably the stress of running you know, six or seven yeah. companies yeah. instead of the one. Yeah. And you're traveling all over God's green earth. Sure with three kids, like there is a balance there, right? So mm -hmm. there is a switch of the money motivation side to, to where you, you need to be realistic with yourself mm -hmm. of why you're there. Uh, so I worked for a couple of banks and when I went to work for the first one, I was super excited because it was not really retail anymore, right? Like no Sundays and you don't have to deal with some of the stuff that you have to in retail. And then I left that bank and went to another bank and you get in there and banking is like a, like a very, tried and true, you know, there's not a whole lot of disruption or change or, or really anybody trying to do anything differently, you know? And I remember very clearly and I was like, Oh, we don't do anything different here. Like, like this is the same thing with like a different paint job. And, and, uh, my boss at the time was like, well, you're worth the difference. And I was like, what, you know? <laughs> and like at this time I'm 30 years old and you know, not very confident in myself. I had all the imposter syndrome, my, my kid's an infant. And I'm like, wait, the, the only way I'm going to make money is like on me, you know, like, like I'm, I have to carry this brand, you know, and I, and I just hated it because it's just like, we're not trying to do anything different. We're not trying to do anything innovative. It's yeah, just it's still money, right? Yeah. yeah. It, and and it I, counts. Yeah. Checking or savings. <laughs> um, sorry, I had something about that, but then in. I heard checking and savings and had like a, had like a, oh, had like a flashback for a moment. <laughs> yeah. You cold sweat pouring down. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Is it checking or yeah. is it savings? Yeah. How many DDAs did you open the day? Oh, what, what's a DDA? It's a, a checking account. Oh, okay. that's when that's, that's inside that's the, lingo. Yeah. Inside baseball. Wow. That's when I'm like, put it in my DDA. <laughs> <laughs> my banker's going to, my, my, my teller's going to hear that. The banker goes, are you sure? Because <laughs> that's Doug's Trust me, son, alcohol allowance. <laughs> so do you, uh, go, going back to the thing we're talking about a moment ago about, you know, the concern of turning your passion into a business. Do you think that that's a framing issue? Like, just like, do you think that there's a way of thinking about it and building it in your head so that way you don't go down that path of torching something that you're passionate about and really enjoy? Yeah. I, well, I think that when you're the worker bee in that passion, you're going to, you're going to set yourself up to cap, cap yourself out just with time, right? Yeah, just, absolutely. Just time and energy. You're going to cap yourself out really quickly. Right. So you have to, I think the first step is like you said, frame that business to where you're bringing other people that are also passionate about it and you split the load. Right. So I think to set up a successful business around a passion, you have to surround yourself with people that are also passionate in that mm -hmm. to divide and conquer the load of what it takes to do it. And you go in because you don't have the cash flow, right? You're putting everything into probably everything you've ever earned yeah. into it. And it's all you, it's all on you. So every mistake is on you. Every extra hour needed to input is on you. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably where people get hung up and fail. I, I go back to read the email. Yeah. As a matter of fact, did we give book. did we give that away as a book 
part of our book thing in the beginning? I don't think we did. Well, um, but it's a solid if you, I think what we, if you, if you listen to this episode, comment on that. We'll, we'll buy one book, right? Yeah. And do a little we'll do raffle. A we'll for do sure. a giveaway. Yeah. Cause I think it's that important. If, it's such if a you good hashtag book. team, I will buy it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not for everybody yeah. for one, the, yeah. the first I to hit hashtag I, yeah, you'll get one too. <laughs> so there'll be two books. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm serious. I'm too. hashtagging it right now. Oh, you, I, I do a, not. <laughs> I had a client and uh, he's in the marketing space and we were talking about like where he was trying to go and what he was trying to do. And uh, he was like, I want to be at hundred K per month. Right. And, and people normally pick these goals. Like top just, line sales. Yeah. Or income. Yeah, no revenue. Oh, okay. Right. And I, and I was like, okay, awesome. And so we're kind of breaking down how many clients he needs at, at, at his thing. And it was going to be like 30 clients and, a uh, month reoccurring no. 30 or yeah. just get to 30 and you can generate a just recurring. Okay. Right. Because it, it's a service-based business. Right. So there's, there's quote unquote mailbox money. It's right. Once really you got a contract, it's, yeah. it's, it's recurring. They just right. stay there. You know, you got to perform, but yeah, you know. as long as you do your job, they'll stick around. And so, uh, I was like, okay, you know, so we're talking about, you're going to have to have 30 clients that you're, that you're working for. And he was like, he's like, yeah, and he's getting super excited. And I said, Hey, I have a question for you. And he goes, okay. And I said, how important is it that you get to do the creative aspect of this? You know, like writing, you know, subject lines and writing copy and everything else. And he's like, man, I love that stuff. It really get, like, gets me excited. And I was like, look, if you have 30 clients, you're not doing any of that no. anymore, unless you replace yourself as, you know, the CEO, mm-hmm. which uh, some people do because they figure out that like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a good founder, but I'm not a good CEO. Mm-hmm. And like, I just want to work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was like, Oh, I said, yeah, you're managing people that are doing that at that kind of scale. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get, and, unless you're very diligent about carving out that time, you're not doing that stuff anymore. And he was like, Oh, yourself. Just like Clint was talking about the yeah. last episode. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think uh, most every company I've worked for in construction has all started with one guy and a truck with tools, mm-hmm. you know, and he's really solid. the company you work for now. That's Absolutely, how it goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, I get a little bit of money. I buy now I buy my competition. Mm-hmm. Now I'm this big mm-hmm. and now we can buy other competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the company I work for. That's that's what they do every day. Yeah. You know, the first company I ever worked for in construction literally started with one guy in a truck mm-hmm. and he worked for another company and said, I can do this on my own, which, you know, many of us all do break off and do that. But eventually you've got to realize that, okay, now I have a company. I can't be out here every day because who's running payroll? Yeah. Who's running, who's running this kind of stuff? So, so you just brought up an interesting point. So part of this, you know, passion, love for what you do, I, if you need the support of a company for whatever reason, whether it's because I got family and that's more important, you, you've got to make those decisions because if you think I outpace everybody here and I do more for my company than my company does for me, that's a good equation to take that, right? That motivation to go ahead and get ev- all the extra off the table and put it into your own pocket. That then makes it worth the effort. Because there is a lot of effort to go out on your own. Sure. Yeah. And it's not it's not a well, good fit. And for don't everybody. fool yourself exactly. if you're not good enough to do that. I'm sorry. That's gonna those are some harsh words. Yeah, but, because because every company that gets to like a level to where like you're buying up your competition and growing and everything else, there's there's fifteen other people that try it and fail miserably because they don't balance their Well, time. They or they weren't the right good way. enough at what they do. They had false bravado. They thought it, it, I think you can be really, really good at what you do and still fail. Oh, absolutely. It it is a unique combination to go out on your own. Yeah. The show that comes to mind in this whole topic is the show Shark Tank. 
right? Yeah. It's constant there. Because one of the things that I love about, um, I, I think they call it Mr. Wonderful. Is that yeah, his name? I Mr. can't Wonderful. remember his name. I don't remember his name in real life. But anyway, either. in that show, he's constantly like, do just sell me your business. I'll give you a check for a million dollars. Just sell it to me and I'll give you royalties, right? Mm-hmm. He loves to make those deals. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on the couch screaming, do it. Do it because if you don't take this deal, you're going to ride this to a, you maybe, maybe you'll come out successful, but you're a small percentage, right? Yeah. So take this and run with it and then take that money and, and do it again. Right. I, I was about to say, you never go wrong. Well, you can go wrong, but if you're taking profit and you created that, yeah. you can do what you said. Then yeah. you go, you got to sit out maybe for a year. Sure. You got to move the distance that you need to move. Mm-hmm. But these serial entrepreneurs, yeah. that's part of their genre. Yeah. They're not there for the long yeah. run. They're there to develop well, and then turn it over to somebody else to, that's going to scale it up or take yeah. it to the next level. Yeah, to the whole point do. of that show, like why those guys are there is because they just constantly fill market needs, yeah. right? They're not attached to these businesses. Yeah, they're passion, passionate about the And they money like to see it, success. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're passionate about the success and the money that comes yeah. off of it, but whether you're selling be widgets anything. or shoestrings yeah. or the new widget and they, or whatever. But they do stay in certain genres, sure. which is good because you want to do have, something you know something about because then you know how to value say, it. Yeah. And because they, of the yeah. experience that they have, they know sure. that they're going to be successful, which they get in fulfillment and enjoyment mm-hmm. off of. So, and I like that too. I mean, I, I have a little bit of that in me. Yeah. yeah. To, so to the point of, do you turn your passion into a business? I would say to, to start a business, if I were to start a business, it would be because the market needs the business at the time. That mm-hmm. would be the only way that I would jump in. Well, and be everybody an needs good wooden furniture. So why aren't you the, why aren't you jumping ship and doing it? Um, because the market isn't that needy for it. There's other a lot of guys doing that. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's mm-hmm. the, a lot of mom and pop flip, kind sure. of scenarios. Okay. Yeah. So, so if, you know, if, if we came up with a new widget today and it's never been invented, that's where I would jump in because Uh, you see what I mean? But I, I still go back to, I love sales. I mean, I'd like the, the engagement. I know Nan does. I mean, you speak to that. I mean, do you like what you do? You like sales. What what is the reason you like sales? I like the engagement. I like Mm -hmm. the, the challenge. I like the fact, I mean, I don't like getting the door slammed in my face, but you know, it's going to happen. And it, it actually it amps you up. You're like, mm, you know, that's, the- I think it's, I think it's the role that has the opportunity to give you the most change in your routine. Right. And because, you know, you could be in the office, you can be knocking out emails and follow-ups and like, you know, managing all that stuff, or mm-hmm. you can get out there on the street you can call and you can do, you know, your networking coffees or whatever those behaviors are, but it can change from day to day. Right. So if you're a person who gets bored fairly easily, like, Mix up the process a little bit, you know, like change up the prospecting, you know, you know, whatever that looks like. And and you can take that process if, and change it. You know, yeah. you're not locked in because you're doing phone sales for AT&T, say, or, yeah. you know, one of the big, big telecoms. You know, that's kind of like sit in a cubicle. But yeah. maybe that feels good to people who are successful in that arena. Mm-hmm. But with the same skill set. You can go sell Mercedes Benz or a high-end car or a used car. There's more money in that than there is the high-end stuff. You see what I'm saying? You can take that endeavor into your passion yeah. because you now have the process. And so you, you build you build the best-case scenario for yourself. I don't know that I've ever said this on here or not, but I'll, I'll be really honest with you that I got into sales because I felt like it was a the quickest way to the top of a corporate ladder. Sales or really? money managing, huh. right? Interesting. Yeah. Like that operations guy has this long, he's probably got a lot of people in front of him, right? Because there's more operating people than 
you know, the other side of the house usually, you know, otherwise you're a really top, top heavy company that, you know, need to take a look at anyway. But the point of it is if you're like in my business, if you're a a welder man, the rungs that you have to climb. Yeah. To be the foreman or the lead and and then you go into management. And that's a long game. Yeah. So if I started at the bottom became a pretty decent pipe fitter, did those other little jobs for a little bit, but then took a right turn exit out of it and got into sales, which eventually led to management. So now, you know, there's guys that I worked with seven or eight years ago, nothing against them. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, that's not the path they wanted to be on. It was mm-hmm. the path I wanted to be on. But the opportunities that I have in front of me versus they're still maybe welding in the field to, you know, right mm-hmm. now, most, mm-hmm. most of them probably are. That was attractive to me. And that's why I took that right turn into sales. Hmm. And if you're good at sales if, and you continue to challenge yourself, you will always have a job. I mean, it is just or if, one of those. if you're willing to face the challenges exactly. of sales yeah. and get good at that, like, like you said, you can be a pipe fitter, but you can come from raising kids into pharmaceutical. I mean, that door is always capable of being opened if mm-hmm. you have the desire and the want to learn a skill set that's repeatable and monetizable. Yeah. Which means volume. I mean, you got to sell enough of whatever you're trying to sell to cover your bills and then have some leftover and you got to like it or not like it, but be able to do it. Well, you need yeah. to know your stuff. You need but, to know what you're selling. And, and to that point, yeah, to that point is uh, exactly what I was about to say is that in sales, you you learn a little bit about everything going on in your exactly. company because it's just forced upon you, whether you like it or you not. You should. And yeah. how deep you go into that rabbit hole is on you, probably for most of us, especially uh, me and you, John, we we dive off and want to know every aspect oh, of yeah. every little thing. Right. So what's more attractive when there is a CEO position opened up, who do you want there? Do you want the guy that knows one Avenue in the company mm-hmm. or do you guys want the, you know, for myself, that was what in my head, it's like, I want to, I want the field knowledge. I want the technical knowledge. I want the sales knowledge. I want the finance knowledge. Like, so I'm trying to gain all those as I, and sales is a great avenue for that if you're trying to do well because you what get I'm to doing. interact with all those different departments. Absolutely. Where if you're just out in the field, like you said, you're the pipe fitter or you're the part they're of both it. great livings. It's got to be what you want to do. But at the end of the day, your utility to the overall company is pro- not. It, it's it's there. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But if I, if I know the CFO because I've had to go talk budgets with him, yep. right? And I know the fr- the the welder that's out there in the field because I've had to go inspect his work or tell him to change something. You're you're spanning the gap from the ivory tower down to the man on the street. That's, that's really a important. great place to be in. And like to and that's speak exact, to you, you're more of a candidate to move through that company and move to right. the top because you're connecting all the dots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that's. But to that point, that's why I got in sales. Like Nan, you say you're passionate about it, right? And I get that, you know, because I like what I do, but that's not the reason I'm in it. You know, I, I don't go to work every day because I'm, I love to just go out and sell something. That's part of it, but it's not all of it. I just love to hit numbers. I, I think it's really a challenge. It's, it's like a game every day. And I just love that. You know, it, it, to me, that's exciting. Not just going, I, I remember my boss used to, not this boss, but my boss used to go, oh my gosh, do you know how much you're going to, and I was like, I want to know the numbers. I, I, that was just way more important to me. Sure. So. And we all have different motivators while right, we're here. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. I got yeah. into sales because when I got home from the army, uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to go back to school for. Right. And, uh, I had been waiting tables for a while. So like I was kind of used to, you know, talking to people a lot and I was like, well, let's just go try this. Right. Because, you know, you can get your foot in the door in sales without having like, you know, a big pedigree behind you or whatever. And, uh, then I got in there and I, I remember very, very clearly, uh, getting hired at T-Mobile, 
first time, you know, like a real, like full on sales role. And, uh, this guy who I'm still friends with, you know, we chat all the time. He was like, man, you're going to crush, like, you're going to make so much money in this role. And I was kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's like a, it's like a retail mall location, you know, uh, <laughs> how, how much money am I really going to make? Right. And so then I'm 25 years old and making like 75 K, which is like, wow. Pretty, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I that mean, is it was pretty it was, sweet. If you're, it, hmm. I, I can't really speak to it now because I'm not in that world, but like back then, like wireless sales was the jam, right? Because okay. I can see that, you it know, it's just, you know, phones were, you know, churning pretty quickly. Right? right. And and everybody wants a new one every two years and then mm -hmm. accessories on top of that, you know, and our and producer, that, Paul, you know, me, yeah, me and him worked in the same company, right? Oh, and so well, I forgot talked, that. Yeah. We talked about this yeah. at length, you know, I mean, and then in 2010, uh, no, 2000 and man, what year was that? I remember 2008, I go to work for AT&T, like right as they're about to launch the iPhone 3G. Mm -hmm. And it was madhouse. Like, yeah, you couldn't get them sold fast enough. Yeah. Well, and then Apple does a really good job of like mm -hmm. shorting the, shorting the, the supply. So that way everyone's talking Dry, about, yeah. you know, Driving the, bus. the lines are so long to get an iPhone and everything else. Oh, I they, remember that they'd camp out. Yeah, on the, on, yeah. They had those long barriers and you know, sitting behind I, camping iPhone out. launch day. Uh, I was working at, <laughs> at an AT&T location and we all had to work 12 hour shifts, right? Like they're like, we're bringing in lunch. You guys cannot leave. If you need a, like a bathroom break, we got people on reserve. I mean, it was, it was crazy. I probably did, uh, I don't know, probably like 30 phones that day. Mm. Like, I mean, what's, what's every, a normal day? You know, may, may like three to four. Oh, it's okay. like a, it's like a pretty, uh, as far as like customers go of like, actually, you know, and then some people need three lines and some people want to and, and things like this, but it was just like, it, it was the smoothest day ever. Right. And, and as a C, I loved it because I didn't have to go out. I didn't have to go greet anybody. It's just like, cool. You want the white one or the black one? And you want the 16 gig or the 32 gig? So and do you want a case? Like right. And it was just like fish in a barrel. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never been so happy to be an order taker. What other than on that day? Cause it was just people lined up. It was, it was, an, it was insane. You, you brought up an interesting point. If you can get your pipeline Stocked yeah, enough, deep, yeah. then you become an order taker, right? Yeah, and, and you then start looking at creative ways to build hype within your own sales community, the, your accounts. Yeah. Hey, look what's coming out. You know, drop in hints. Have you been having problems here? There's a whole culture to your evolution in sales, and and it's similar in yeah. all. I, th I think in all aspects. Yeah, because when you first step, well, go I, ahead. yeah, I did that in in this market in, in Dallas Fort Worth is that I came in knew no knew nobody, right? I knew zero companies to do business with. And it took me probably, you know, I'll say a good nine months to mm -hmm. a year yeah, it takes a minute. to develop that portfolio. And that portfolio was a very long list of people. And then about a year later of doing business, that shrunk to like seven or eight people. Oh, didn't you go and on it, the war path to get rid of your bad clients? Because you had and that I, capability. Just, How cool yeah. was that? So yeah. I built that portfolio to where I had good customers. And Don't I just, call me. <laughs> but I was literally saying, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not even going to talk to you about this project. What? What do you mean? Oh, you know, you've, yeah, always, yeah. you've always done this. And it's like, look, uh, uh, one, I don't have the capacity, um, you know, just being real. And two, um, you know, you get to throw facts out there and, man, what a great spot that is to be in. You know, it's like, hey, I've never had a successful project with you. The ones that we have done, I didn't make any money or we made little money. Yeah. And I have option B over here to go do this Love project. It. I'm taking option B. The The conversations at that level to have with your own customers or potential customers to tell them no because I am have this going on. I mean, it's... it's That's the power stroke oh, right man. there. Well, Not in a bad way, meaning like I just have this capability, yeah. so I'm going to exercise it. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you Thanks for it. wanting yeah. to do business, yeah, you, but yeah, it's right. just, it was created. Right. It's yeah. not just I mean, given you to built you. You've it. created it. Well, I, so I remember very clearly I was, I was getting a little ahead of myself and, you know, I had a, I had what I felt like was a decent pipeline. You know, I had about 10 deals in there in various stages and I'm super excited. This is You're back talking about right now or no, oh, no, okay. th this is when I, when I first got into the website business, you okay. know, and was, and was working with my business partner. And so we had a, we had a coach and, uh, he was like, okay, cool. Uh, let's take a look at your pipeline. You know? So I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. Right. And I, and I have my laptop, I pull it out and he goes, okay, cool. You don't have enough in there. And I was like, no, like I got plenty in there. And he goes, no, you don't go get like 15 more. And I was like, okay, cool. Right. So then I went and got 15 more and I felt better. Right. And I was more confident. I could tell people, no, I could go for the, no, I could do these things that are super important for like, yes. you know, have, having clarity in the conversation. So then I come back and I'm like, yeah, got it. Now check it out now. And he's like, go get 20 more. Right. And like for like six months, every time I saw him, he was like, yeah, it's not enough. It's not enough. And what, and what's crazy is until you have like that deep of a pipeline, you don't understand like the, the, the value, the, the calm mm -hmm. that like washes over you. Oh. Right. And you're, I think you can hit a point to where you're like, you have so much in there that like anxiety starts to flare up because like you're concerned about like stuff in the service. The cracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, that's a balancing act. But you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I was like on this path of like going and going and going and going and going. And so like at one point I had like 70 deals, you know, and I was like, man, this is awesome. And I'm just disqualifying like, like a wizard, you know, I'm just like, oh yeah, no, sorry. This ain't going to work. We're not the right people. Got to go. And, uh, so if you are struggling with like standing your ground and, and all these things, like go get more stuff in your pipeline, like go, mm. go prospect your ass off and get yeah, exactly. You knock on some more doors, pro like prospecting, however you go out mm -hmm. and gain your clients don't reinvent the wheel. Just do more of what you need to be doing yeah. and make sure you're on that clock working for yourself. Mm -hmm. Push, push, push. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little interested to hear because what you just said is you, you live in a market where you can go get 60 more, right? Yeah. Um, so there is some, some territorial stuff here too, that we yeah. probably should talk about because some of our, um, you know, people that follow us the most and they actually use us in their sales meetings and they talk about uh, our podcast, and I know their business, they're in the middle of cornfields, right? Yeah. And banking in the Midwest, like there is just not that many opportunities. There's not that many customers. You're going to know everybody within a couple of weeks in yeah. your business. So your pipeline is maybe six or seven clients, right? And that's the best you can do. And you have to maximize all the potential out of that, right? And how do you, how do you, if you're a potential, hey, I need to grow and somebody gives you, so that's the realistic expectations that you set for yourself that I can only do this much yeah. because it's the market I live in and you can't shoot, shoot for the moon, you know, too quickly. Yeah. But, but in those industries, wouldn't you agree they've gotten innovative in online banking and being able to pick yeah. up the phone and say, Hey, we're a little bit smaller, but you can, your, your reach can be further, yeah. particularly in or, banking. Or, now it, but, it doesn't work in every industry, well, but there, there's still a limitation there. Yeah. Right? And, my, and my thought too, is that you, you know, in, in that instance, I would tell, all of them is grow the revenue side, grow the bottom line out of yeah. the business that you have. Right. Sure. So you, you kind of maxed out your market on the, the sales side. Maybe it's 10 million a year. Mm -hmm. You know, now you need to look at the bottom line and how do you get the customers, you know, to, to help you grow your bottom line underneath that yeah. sales cap. Um, that's but, one of the, that, that's one of the first questions I ask people is like, it's like, okay, of the clients that, that you have, right. And the deals that you've done, like which one has been the most profitable for you? Mm -hmm. Like, 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 where do you, where do you kill it for your clients and which ones like make you the most money? 
And then inevitably it's only like one or two, sure. you know, very, very specific things. It's like, okay, let's double down on this. Yeah. Right. And let's cut all this chaff. Right. Which is everything you talk about yeah. every time, you know, you're talking about, you know, uh, cutting people out and working with the right kind of people. Yeah. But a lot of people are just, they're, they're, they're caught up in this paradigm of more, right. I just see more clients, more well, clients, more clients, and they don't ever look back at what they have. And, 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 a, well, lead, that, and a sales leader gets caught in that probably more than anybody. Right? Yeah, the guy because above because the everybody line, focuses on that. Well, I did 32 million. I did 42 the next year. I did 60 the next, mm -hmm. right. Those are good numbers. But if your bottom line didn't grow at the same, same yeah, level, absolutely. then what's the point, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. you're actually in my book, you're actually losing. Yeah. And the company I worked at before, I would constantly beg them, let's take a growth break. Right. And as a CEO and, you know, people that are probably looking to get out in the next 10 years, they're, they want that as high like, as they what? can. Well, the are revenue, beholding to shareholders and other, say, yeah. other factors start so to, to make filter it, in. Making it look attractive so somebody else will buy you out. Or so you buy the stock out, right? or acquisitions. Yep. Absolutely. So, so there's that level, right? But as a, you know, mid-level salesperson, I wanted them to stop. Quit telling me to grow 10% this year. No, 16 is not our number this year. Let's grow eight and grow our bottom line. Let's double our bottom line, right? Oh. Because to me, that's the important growth. So. The, you know, we were talking about passion, what you do for me, that was a big passion of mine was to be able to do, make more money on the same amount of sales. And I really invested in that. Yeah. Right. Um, sometimes when I'm talking to people, I say, what happened if you doubled your prices? Right. You know, with like a lot of consultants and people that I work with around, you know, the process generation. Um, and they'll, well, if I double my, if I double my prices, I'm going to lose some clients. Are you going to lose half your clients? Yeah. Well, pro, well, well, no maybe a third then you so, come out ahead yeah so you so you're winning particularly hearing, if they're you know? all vol if they're yeah, if you're keeping the ones that are volume mm -hmm. based versus you know yeah and and to that point right like i talk about this with i don't know if i've said it on here or whatever but it's so easy to look at the wrong metrics right and when you're when you're just pulling one metric out of the air without any correlation to any other metrics right like you might be a million dollar company but if you're if you have a, a 1.5 million dollar run rate like you're losing Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I know a lot of people in the like digital entrepreneur space, you know, these consultants and stuff, and they talk about their, their revenue amount. And I'm like, I don't, I could okay. care less about your revenue amount. Like what are your margins and how much are you keeping? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and yeah. things like that, like and what's me, your that, overhead look like? Absolutely. Yeah. What are your fixed costs? It, All those factors. And that's interesting because when I came to the company I work at now, that was the first thing. It was kind of a breath of fresh air. Somebody sat down with me and, and financials and said, look, this is what I need you to bring in a month profit wise. Mm -hmm. That was a whole nother outlook on sales <laughs> that nobody's ever really done with me before. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. You just brought up an interesting point. If you guys are out there doing the grind and you're frontline sales individual, your fixed costs become your vehicle, your apartment that you live in or house that you own. Mm -hmm. And if you start looking at that dynamic as you just enter into this business mm -hmm. and you're not counting on fluctuations in your client base, you're going to be always stressed, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, the key factors are build a humble attitude with the money that you're making, meaning mm -hmm. live underneath that. And then you take that pressure away and then you've Everything got, else the, is easier, now right? you've it's, got it's the like time, the now you've again. got the time to build that pipeline and wait it out. Guys, be careful. Don't get ghetto rich on yourself, yeah. right? Don't yeah, get sure. drunk on the little right. bit of Kool-Aid that's in the bottom of the cup. Make sure Kool the cup rich. is full. Yeah, yeah and then absolutely. a virus comes around and you're screwed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one, one little blip and you yeah. sit here holding your breath yeah. thinking, how am I going to make all my payments? Whereas, yeah, be wise. You know, if it's all paid for, 
you're now saying my 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 overhead's just my variables, right? Yeah. How much electricity I used, how hot or cold was it, and how did the thermostat, water and 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 food. I That's, mean, I worked with a coach and we and we went through this process. Like, okay, what's your monthly nut? Right. And, and how much do you need to make? And then what are the annual costs and divide that by 12 and then divide that by, you know, thir- 22 working days in a month or whatever. And it's like, Agreed. it's like when you get out of bed, you're already this far behind. Right. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't motivate you, then you're going to struggle. Right? Well, and, and what happens, you'd be amazed at the number of people that don't even know what those numbers are. Oh, mm-hmm. man. And you're more in the genre of wanting to know. I tend to just go, well, okay, there's this much. So I, I know what my cushion is. Mm-hmm. So so I'm at a point where I've got some variability. As long yeah. as there's this much money in the bank, I know I've got six months to a year where I could make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to the point of like the passion project turning, you know, being an entrepreneur, taking that passion project. It's actually funny because what we just talked about is why I didn't dive forward on the woodworking side, right? Because- I knew at that point that I'm doing this as a hobby and I'm, yes, I'm selling stuff, but I'm selling it. I'm not putting my own time on it. Right. This is just a hobby. So I don't count my time and the hourly rate mm-hmm. that I put into this. Mm-hmm. So the profit is, oh, man. so, so to that point, it's like I bought materials and then whatever I could sell everything after that was all profit. Yeah. And so I could sell a table at $600 where once I put my time in there, and all my overhead and that it takes to, to get in over, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's a $3,000 table. And who's going to buy the 600 table for $3,000, right? And and those realistic metrics, you know, on the front end is like, it's just not possible. So that's a hugely important point. When, when we were starting the website company, we had a team of developers, right? And talking about like the black holes that I go in, uh, you know, Jeff, my business partner was always you cannot go learn how to be a, a, a website developer. Like we do not have time for that because I would want to know more, right? Because I'm like, if I know more then I can, I can sell better, you know, and all these things, which is not really true. But there were so many of these people that are like starting the entrepreneurial thing. And what they do is they're not counting their time. Right. So the best thing we did was like, it framed it as a business for me. Right. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't really just, Oh, well, you know what? I, I'll throw another couple of hours in this because it's going to make them happier. Like every hour that we did had a hard cost associated with it. And that forced me to really kind of treat it more like a business. And when you're, you know, a consultant, if you're like a creator, a graphic designer, you know, or, or something like these, you've got, and, and you want to be successful, you really have to treat it as a business, you know, and you got to be thinking about your time. And one of the best things you can do is like outsource that stuff early. So that way it forces you to, or you get into it. that pattern, right? Yeah. It's so that you focus on your profit centers or the actions that make you profit and mm-hmm. make you money. And then the delegation of the service component or the yeah. design component, those are, those are outside that sales realm. They're more the, the, the actual work that needs to be done yep. that you sold to the client. Yeah. I mean, those are big factors that you have to distinguish. You got to keep them straight in your mind Absolutely. because it's easy to fool yourself. We're just prone well, to want to do that. Well, the, you know, we've talked about this book a couple of times on this episode, but the e-myth is about that very, very thing, mm-hmm. right? Because the guy who's building birdhouses, right? He gets super busy and then he's like, oh my God, uh, I don't have to do this anymore. Let me go hire someone else. Right. And then a lot of the book is about, uh, how people delegate just by this is yours now go get it by you know? abdication. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't want to know any, yeah. you just show me there's the no results. process. There's, there's yeah. none of these things that, that are, are checks and balance are things that can yeah. give you insight into other people around you and the success they're either having mm-hmm. doing the process yeah. or what you design. Sometimes. And then what, what normally happens is people don't outsource the thing that they love because they want to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they, is they outsource the things that they've been kind of hodgepodging and not, and right. not, not getting fulfillment from, which is not a bad thing. But then what happens is you've got expectations about how you want that kind of stuff done. If you've been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. And if you 
you know, delegate just by abdication and say, cool, go do this. Yeah. There's so much opportunity for, and I mean, this is, this is straight underperformance yeah. and mistakes or just that, like a mismatch and, yeah. and how the process works. Right. And then you get pissed at this person and then you fire them and then you got to do it all again. And it's just like, you know, there's better ways of doing these kinds of things. Um, what time is it? Oh yeah. Let's, let's, uh, throw down. And this has been a pretty wide, wide uh, yeah, ranging, we you know, left so, and right along. you know, passion delivery, you know, how tied do you need to be completely uh, unusual to it, for us. You know, entrepreneur, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things, you know, so Clint, what do you, what are your thoughts for, for team D? Yeah. So if your disc profile reads in that D range heavily, you're probably not asking yourself a lot of why questions on why you're doing this. How do you feel about it? It's just a gut driven <laughs> I'm great at this and I'll be better than anybody else that's ever done this. You kind of got that big head about it. Mm -hmm. I would challenge you if you feel that that you really don't know where you stand on the passion side of it, start asking questions why you're going to work every day and you'll go down these subcategories down this rabbit hole and eventually you'll get to certain things. So if I did that in my own head, in my own business, I would get down to one of these days I want to retire young and fish my days out on the, on the open sea, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That That's my why is at the end of it. Why do I do this every day? Well, I want to get there. Why do I do that? Well, because I want to get to this point. So if you don't know where you stand and you don't know the answers, just literally you could jot it down or just do it in your head, take 30 seconds. But you're eventually going to get to a why, and that's probably your passion. Mm-hmm. And what you do to get there, how you get there, you you need to figure that out and map it out. So maybe you don't love the business you're in, but it's a means to an end to get to what you want to do for the rest of your life. So. Yeah. And some people are totally okay with that, yeah. right? Like I, I, I can't, uh, I can't get motivated about that far out, right? I need to have some, some interesting thing that I'm doing, which is kind of what we've been talking about this whole time. Al for eyes. I, I think that if you're in sales, you're an entrepreneur. I mean, it's an entrepreneurial endeavor. And it becomes your book of business, which is your business at mm-hmm. that point. Now, you're paying royalties up to your company or vice versa. They're paying royalties down to you for the business that you've, you, you've, you've brought in. So you are an entrepreneur and it should have that kind of – you should have that mindset. And if, if, if that creates passion and intensity and, and desire – then you're in a good place. If it doesn't, if it scares you, it terrifies you and you can't get past all of that or whatever the hurdles are, you're going to have problems in this industry. So, so face that, understand yourself first and then apply your understanding to, to, to the, you know, whatever you you product or business line or field that you want to get into. It's all out there. Go get it. Awesome. So, um, we've been talking a lot about passion. Um, and, Another word, desire. To me, desire is the starting point of achievement. So if you want to meet your desire, your passion, you have to push yourself, take risk, and then you'll have an achievement. Um, But, you know, looking at a widget and going, well, I can't do it. That's what I love what Clint said, you know, just think with the end in mind. I've heard that before. But I think that's like really good advice, driving down the street and in sales, I think, you know, you just have to really look at the big picture. Wow. Okay. Uh, for team C, uh, I guess two nuggets, you know, the first thing is I feel like most people, when they get into the entrepreneurial thing, they can't shut up about it. And they're going around telling everybody that they should be, 
an entrepreneur and I disagree with that because it's not for everybody. Uh, I do agree with, with Al's point that if you can sell, you're closer to being an entrepreneur and like, and like having the mm-hmm. skill set that is super important because until you hire someone else to sell, you are the salesperson. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is terrifying. And I, I think, I think that if sales was a little bit more approachable, uh, then we would have a lot more cool people doing really cool things because they wouldn't be terrified of, and I got a really cool idea, but like, I don't want to sell. Right. So, uh, you know, not, not everybody's a candidate for it, but that's okay. The other thing that I think is really important is like how you frame your success, right? If the only way you win is when you get a yes from a prospect, you are going to have like some bad, bad, bad days, right? Because then every no is more hurtful. It's personal and, and everything else like this. So, you know, there were levers around that, right? For me, I'm a process guy, right? If I follow my process and I get a no, I'm good. I don't care. Let's mm-hmm. go on to the next one, right? Whereas if I get a yes, but I didn't follow my process and I got lucky, I'm pissed at myself. Like, I'm like, I'm like man, wow, you know, this, you know, because I'm a process guy. Uh, so watch how you're framing stuff in your value and kind of, you know, make sure that you're looking at it the right way because you're not going to get a yes from everybody. So don't make that your, your successful thing. Yeah. Good. Nice. Awesome. All right, everybody. So if you are on social media, as I think pretty much everybody is in one form or another, uh, follow us. Everything is at Sales Throwdown, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you have not taken this assessment and you're not sure where you are, or if you're thinking about starting something and you're not sure in which one of these seats you sit, uh, the assessment will help you tremendously. So if you want to take one and you want to take like a real one and not one of the free ones, uh, send us an email, assessments at salesthrowdown.com. What you got Clint? on the social media side? Um, we have been putting out, if you haven't checked us out on, uh, Instagram, we are putting out some videos of us kind of in our yeah, daily life outtakes. Yeah. Um, you know, little struggles, little one minute videos of struggles that we're dealing with every day. Um, those are just important to comment on too, so we can get some feedback there. So you know, yeah. check us out. And, and don't forget, we will be giving the email to one of our yeah. listeners. So make a comment relative to this episode and we'll put you in the hat for yeah. the drawing and we'll announce who won and they can do the end zone dance in their own. And we're going to way. very, very quickly uh, do a giveaway for one of the assessments, right? So, uh, you know, trying to grow the audience and everything else like this. So uh, be on the lookout for that. The more you share, the more entries you get. And if you win, uh, you'll get to do the assessment and one of us will be on the phone with you to go over that information and really make sure that you understand kind of what you're looking at. Yeah, and the option just so you're aware out there that we will always, you know, we're, we would love to take some phone calls. We would love to come to your business, talk to you, you know, relatively yeah. if it's. Yeah. Don't know, be afraid feasible. to reach out. Sure. And, but we'd love to look at that with you as well. Awesome. All right, everybody have a great day. Go sell something. All right.